Welcome back to The Right Angle. G-Man and Mo are here to deliver some late-breaking news. Hopefully, we'll get this uploaded and out to you quickly. G-Man, I imagine you have heard about the outrageous fine or whatever that that judge has told Trump he has to pay, which, of course, he never will, but... <laughs> Because it'll get overturned. Well, I don't know about it being so outrageous. I mean, my gosh, the guy's almost a billionaire. They're just asking for a third of what he, what he has. I don't think that's outrageous at all. It's. I mean, talk about a kangaroo court. I don't know where that term came from, but it definitely applies in this case. It's just. I mean, it must be that you got somebody a, in your pocket. <laughs> That oh, must that be could what be. it is. I'm just guessing. That could be. That, that, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they definitely got that judge in somebody's somebody's hindquarters anyway. It's like no victim, no one complaining, and yet here we are. So Well, that's why it's not going to go anywhere. He's going to appeal yeah. it, and um, hopefully he gets a judge that – you know, has his head out of his cranium or out of his, uh, yep. I don't want to say the other part. Anyway, <laughs> okay. uh, I know what a cranium is, uh, but, but th that guy is 100% corrupt. And, uh, the attorney general is a joke, an absolute joke. So I, I don't think it's going to go, it, sh it better not go anywhere. It's like they say, if it does, then anybody that's, got any conservatism in them will move their business out of New York because it is incredibly toxic in that city. It's not like they don't need his business. They're just punishing themselves. That's exactly what they're doing. Else. You know, for God's sakes, you know, who's coming into New York, you know, to, to start yeah, a business? Yeah. No one, no one. If anyone's doing any business, it's closing up to get the heck out of yep. there. Because because it's such a toxic environment, so yeah, it and uh, I mean it it just is good for him in terms of politics because it just makes more people whoever hasn't already realized that they're out to get them and they're by extension out to get the rest of us. It's just one more straw on the camel's back. Yes, one more in the one more feather in the headdress of corruption from the uh, commie, commies. So there we go. Exactly. There we go. Well, what uh, what do you want to talk about tonight? Well, let, let me start off with something a little light. Uh, I All was right. in, and I went in specifically because they were targeting Dick's Sporting Goods with their bank records and people buying. I don't. I I, I guess Dick's does not sell guns anymore. Uh, oh really? Yeah, that's what I heard from my. From Daniel Boone, who we had on a year ago. Okay, so. yeah. But they aren't selling yeah. guns. So I don't know why they're the, the banks and the commies are targeting Dick's sporting goods. Because hmm. as far as I know, the most dangerous thing would be a bow and arrow that they sell there. I don't even know if they sell that. Yeah. But anyway, I, just, I, I went in there the other day. I walked in the door, and <laughs> sadly, I have to report, I looked to my right and they were aluminum baseball bats, and they were $300 a piece. Oh. Oh. $300 a piece, oh. and as I was walking by them, I smiled, and I said to, to my beautiful bride, I said, you know, I remember about five years after I was out of high school, 
I bought a car for a hundred more dollars than that baseball bat cost. Gosh. I knew they were expensive. Is it is it just aluminum? Is that other than wood? Obviously, do they make them out of anything else, or is it just aluminum? Or do you know? Uh, I I was wondering whether it was Kevlar or some sort of something <laughs> that they made with a space shuttle or something. That, wow! That caused it to be super fast or something when you swing it. But three, yeah. I, I you know I seriously when I look at stuff like that. I get like eight or ten thoughts in my head, and I don't. I might be a little psycho. Uh, my wife would probably say, "Yeah," but I get all these thoughts in my head. I'm a I'm a father of a kid who's going out for the baseball team. Come on, Dad, let's go get a bat. Heck yeah, let's go get a bat. You know, we walk into Dick's, we look to the right. I like one of those. I go, oh. I go. Well, we got to eat this week, son. I don't, <laughs> I don't think we can spend three hundred dollars on a bat. And then, then I think to myself, oh. you know, put your name on that thing in big black letters. I'm sorry, African-American letters. And make yeah. sure nobody steals that when you're playing baseball because it's a Man. $300 bat. Uh, I, I didn't see what, what the if, other bats cost. Maybe yeah. maybe a, a cheap bat, according to kids nowadays, is 100 bucks. I don't know. Probably. Probably. But. I wonder. I wonder what would happen. Uh, well, finish your thought, then I'll go on to mine. Well, I was just gonna say I would. I, I would have grabbed my chest if if I went in there and and it, like I said, I'd seen that bat, and my kid said, "I gotta have Gosh. one of those. because Tommy has two of those. His dad got oh. him two of those, and then I would uh, immediately call up Tommy's dad and meet him in a dark parking lot with an aluminum uh -huh. bat. <laughs> Oh, do you think, obviously the aluminum bats are a lot more lively than wooden bats. So it would be interesting if a major league baseball allowed aluminum bats, which they never will. I would imagine the home runs would just go up astronomically or more wisely. Why don't they just ban all non-wood bats for softball, baseball, everything and just use wooden bats that's what i said i don't understand yeah yeah i don't i mean if you can hit the ball farther with an aluminum bat uh it's like i don't know maybe in golf if you had one of those golf balls that you can hit 50 yards farther because they're juiced or something right. like that yeah you know, really yep. that that kind of takes the the uh competitiveness maybe out of it by by making stuff like that i you know, I, I'm always one that goes by the book as far as anyone, nobody can prove otherwise. And, and yep. I, I just think that when you have stuff like that, like you say, why don't they just use wooden bats and, and forget the, the, the metal ones? I don't know. Maybe they can't hit them farther. I don't know. I have no idea. I am just coming up with this thought as we speak, but it makes sense to me that women's softball, which is growing, I don't know if it's still growing, but you know, it's it's definitely the biggest, probably one of the biggest female sports in high school and even in college because they have the World Series on and all that. And I bet that you can hit the ball farther. And I bet that if they used all wooden bats, there would be a lot of ground outs, there'd be a lot of pop flies. And I bet 
I don't know. I'd have to look, but I bet that aluminum bats add, you know, 20% or whatever they add. And without them, the girls would look, I'm not going to say like the weaklings they are, but (laughs) I think it just gives, yeah, I think it just gives them, you know, that much more, not power, but the ability to hit the ball farther. I, I would not be surprised if that's a good chunk of the reason. And as far as I'm concerned, that's fine. Because if, if like you say, they couldn't hit home runs because the fences were out where they are um, or score some runs, then, uh-huh. then you're down to that soccer stuff where you watch a whole right. game and, and you pray that it's not a 0-0 tie at the end of a soccer yeah. match. I do know that for men, like – college age and and people who are trying to get into the minor leagues and eventually the big leagues they do have wooden bat leagues for that very reason to get you not to spoil you by going to a different kind of bat and then having to come back if you're good enough and you start moving up in the ranks so it would be interesting to know if there are any equivalent in softball for women if there's any like wooden bat softball leagues yeah that if you find out about it, let me know because yeah. I have absolutely no interest hmm. in, in that stuff myself. So, <laughs> uh, No. <laughs> so was there any other uh, outrageously priced stuff that you ran yeah, into? Yeah, the running or shoes. Did you... The running shoes, oh. I didn't see a single pair that weren't on sale under $100. Oh. And, you know, it's – you know, we're becoming the the parents that that we had, you know, by saying, I remember when, you know, I, I, I walked to school and, and and all this kind of crap. But I, I distinctly remember owning, I think it was eight different color pair of Converse basketball shoes, and they were $10 yeah. a pair. Wow. $10 a pair. And did you get them over a period of a few years? It was it when your feet were not growing anymore? Right. Or? It was, yeah, they were uh, they were all the same size, and okay. I, yeah, I probably bought them over a two year period, but yeah, to the point where none of them wore out because I'd I'd buy another pair and 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 right. then go back to the other pair. I I think I could. I yeah, I think I had eight pair, and that's the only time in my life, in my life. That I had eight <laughs> pair of shoes of any kind. And and I, I think I had one one set that you know you go to church with and that was it. And I had eight pairs of Converse tennis shoes that I wore everywhere. So Yeah. Uh, I wonder, do you think do you think new shoes for the first day of school is still a big of deal as it was back in the PF Flyer days? No, I don't. I think because at least I should I should say that in my probably in your town too in my town these kids get anything they want whenever they want it and it's yeah, usually true. middle to upper end stuff that they get and I don't know I don't see that being something that uh, uh, is you know because you and I when we would go to school like you say we'd get that pair of shoes and then you prayed they would last throughout the whole year. Yeah. And if they didn't, well, you could be in trouble. So I'm trying to remember how often one had to buy new shoes for a growing boy or girl, but 
I mean, no more than a year, right? Or even less than that, probably, that any given pair of shoe fit. Right. You'd either outgrow them or, in my case, uh, with the Converse tennis shoes, I played uh, basketball in my in my uh, driveway with the uh, neighborhood kids almost every night that it was basketball season, and that just tore the crap out of uh, uh, Converse tennis shoes. So... Um, hmm. When's when's the first time you remember, or did it ever happen that a, a neighborhood friend had a glass backboard? Oh, never, never had one. No. Wouldn't wouldn't actually. To tell you the honest truth, in our entire subdivision, I was the only one that had a basketball rim that I recall. Really? Yes, I don't recall anybody else having one. Uh, there there was a guy way down at the other end of the subdivision that had a piece of crap wooden one that nobody used, but I was the only one that had one and, uh, um, and everybody came over and used it. And so, yeah, I think, I think, uh, growing up our neighbor, I don't know how old I was when they moved in, uh, or built their house, but they were a pretty darn well off family and they had actually, uh, it wasn't a full court, but it was probably, probably 30, 35 feet wide by 60 feet long. It was sort of a smaller than an elementary school court, but, you know, a concrete separate pad where we played basketball. And they did have, I'm almost sure they had a glass backboard. And I thought that was just unreal. It was like, and we didn't play a lot. And I don't know that he played a lot, but just at the head, it was, pretty amazing no kidding i i didn't i didn't know anybody in our area uh, had a glass backboard on the outside at least anyway and for that matter uh we didn't have in our high school if you'll recall we only had the glass backboards on the court that we played varsity basketball right. on all the other basketball um backboards were metal yep they come down with yep, a winch exactly. thing and, yeah yeah. Yep. Huh. That same neighbor, and I, I'd have to think about what year this was approximately, but that same neighbor had a push-button telephone, Ooh. which I thought was really cool. I'd just go over there. Of course, I didn't have anyone to call, but just to kind of look at it and say, <laughs> how, do you, how do you work that? It was, it was pretty impressive because I don't think we probably had one until – I was at least well into high school, if not college. Push button telephones. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, all you do nowadays is just you know push one button. And uh, yeah. I was just talking to a guy on the phone t- today. As a matter of fact, he said, uh, "Can I can I have this person's number?" And I had to think because I never <laughs> I never punched the number in. I just hit their name. Yeah, and, yeah. And and it dials it up immediately. But right. Yeah, I remember on because on a push button phone, and obviously you can do it on a keypad, but you can if you don't always remember, you can close your eyes and just imagine where your finger goes to hit what button, and sometimes that is how you remember. I don't re on a rotary phone. I never remember trying to remember it by that because it was just such an ordeal. I mean, it literally took what thirty seconds to to dial seven yeah, numbers. Yeah, I was going to say seven numbers. If you, had, if you had long distance or something, it'd take you about a minute. Yeah. You know? Especially yeah. if there were two zeros in it. Right. 
Unbelievable. Well, here's something that I mentioned to you. I don't think I mentioned this because I think I just got this from Igor uh, four or five days ago. And he didn't say not to mention, but I'll just say it's not Walt Disney companies, but it's another major entertainment company that has theme parks. And so he got this email that said, Dear team members, part of our diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy for UDX, which is the code name for the theme park and the company in general, involves holding ourselves accountable for creating and sustaining a diverse and inclusive work environment where all team members can flourish. To that end, we have enhanced our UDX competencies and behaviors that will be measured in this upcoming year, 2024, performance evaluations and made specific revisions to reflect our increased commitment to DEI. Specifically, please find the team leadership competency has been updated to include inclusive team leadership, and the corresponding new behaviors have been added to define this competency. Additionally, the inclusive language that is already integrated across other competencies can be referenced in performance review discussions, DEI impactful competencies plus behaviors. Finally, as you complete your 2024 goals in the My Performance system, we encourage you to develop DEI goals that are relevant to your team and business. Should you have any questions, please reach out to the DEI team or your HR business partner. Thank you for your continued commitment to our diverse and inclusive workplace. And then about an hour later, he got this email. Dear team members, Earlier today, you may have inadvertently received an email with the subject line UDX 2024 Goal Setting DEI. This email was sent in error. Please disregard. So they sent it to, uh, <laughs> they probably sent it to about 10,000, 5,000, 2,000, however many uh, employees. And as they said, they said the quiet part out loud. So... Does uh, is, this was Igor? Igor. Igor. Did he, does Igor work for this company? He does. So we'll have to have him on. He and Igor on uh, in the near future and see if any of this stuff, now that they know about it, if they're going to do anything differently or if they're just going to carry on as if people hadn't already read this. And, you know, like you say, you can't forget something. Someone tells you, oh, forget what I just said, and that's going to make you remember it even more. What? And, and the interesting thing is they say, forget what we said. Why would they say that? Well, because D-E-I -D is D-O-A nowadays, <laughs> as they say. Yeah. And... Oh. It, they, it's interesting because I thought about this yesterday or the day before. They, there are still a few places that are pushing this hard. And I'm assuming that the people that are pushing it the hardest are people that are within the, obviously within the DEI structure of, I'm, I'm trying to come up uh -huh. with a way of saying something without race. But anyway, you know what I mean? And uh, they, they just they know they're losing their grip and they're just trying so hard to hold on to it. 
and it will it will die it will go mm-hmm. away and we will look back on it as a bunch of idiots thinking that you'd go along with any of that crap it was funny and and igor after he sent it he says I can already hear G-Man screaming, what the heck is inclusive team leadership? Why do they, what do they mean by that? Those idiots! <laughs> <laughs> so. I, as, as, I, as I started the broadcast tonight, I'm trying to be a little bit light today, but, okay. but Igor's pushing my buttons. So, oh um, man. Well, uh, what, what does that mean? Did, did he tell you what that meant? No, I, I. Another reason we'll have to have him on and get some more insight. But you know, just like any other leadership, whether it's a person or a team or a, something they hire or some outside people that come in, it's just what they call non-revenue generating dead weight. Exactly, and they're all way overpaid for what they do. Oh, unbelievably. The, the some, I think it was the New York uh, School District DIE, that's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. Uh, person, uh, yep. I think, was paid like 450000 a year. Oh. They had that on TV. And it's it's like, are you kidding me? You know, they, they, wow. they invent this position for somebody, like you say, that is dead weight. Yeah. There's no reason to be giving anybody any kind of money for that kind of stuff. And they just, I don't know. It's, it's laughable to me. It's actually laughable that they do that kind of crap. And I mean, you think any given company may only have one, but if it's university, there's probably at least a dozen and you know, the bigger corporations and that, as they say, that begins to add up to real money. If you're, if you're paying $500,000 a year to a total of three or four or five people, I mean, what else could you do with that money? A lot. Three or four or five people would be like probably close to a million dollars a year for what they pay them to do that. And by the way, when, when you hire somebody like that, where do they get their credentials? This was something that was just pulled out of somebody's butthole uh, two or three years ago. And and now all of a sudden you're getting all this large money for people. Where did they get their degree in that? They didn't. They're indoctrinated, maybe, you know, injected with some serum that makes you stupid. And at the end of the day, if you had one of those people on your payroll, what could that person say he or she did at the end of the day? It's not like, well, I helped build a car or I helped pave a road or I did something tangible. I mean, there is nothing. And when you've got non-productive people doing non-productive things, if anything starts going wrong and they're not the first person out the door, then I'd probably be the next person because I'd be afraid of what's going to happen in that company. Exactly. Well, can you say Bud Light and, oh. and you know, any, any Target, any of those companies that, yep. are, that are losing money? I, I find it astounding, though, that people still push that crap. Uh, I saw a, a black guy. I don't care. It was a black guy, and I think he was some kind of uh, DEI person. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was ripping on white people for, you know, they're having the power over the 
all, everybody else and and they're just they're just you know devils people and this you know and for, he was actually he was an Ivy League guy I believe and oh. you know being filmed doing that can you imagine if you or I had said that about black people you know they we'd be in jail oh my goodness well yeah so we'll we'll have to get them on and uh, find out if there was any fallout from that or any further discussion or exactly so what. he's got but. he still has to deal with DEI because oh, because yeah. it's there I I want to ask him what occurs through DEI that causes him headaches oh that would be nice I know I could answer that but I won't <laughs> until uh, some future show but it is uh, infiltrated a lot of a lot of places. One more thing, and then I'll kick it back to you. When you leave a room and you know that you're coming back, how long will you have to be gone before you decide to turn off the lights? I usually, if I'm in my home, uh, uh-huh. and, well, that depends on who's around. Uh, you know, okay. if, if uh, my bride is around, I'll... I'll leave the light on. If nobody's in the room, I'll turn it off immediately. So even if you're going to be back in, is there a time that you would leave it on? Oh, I see what you're saying. If like you're, if I, I went yeah. to go do something and then come back. No, I'd leave it on then. Yeah, I, okay. would, I would leave it on until, uh, you know, I knew I wasn't going to be in that room again. For, yeah, for maybe an hour or so. Okay. So you would, you would leave a light on for, really? Okay. Wow. All right. I, my, I, I would say my, <laughs> as you can probably imagine, maybe five minutes is about, <laughs> otherwise I just feel like we're just wasting electricity, but you're saying, you're, but you're saying, me. you're saying if you don't go back in that room with no, if you, if nobody's in that room and yep. you would, so when would you go back in? Uh, if like, I would leave it. I, I would like if I was in the bedroom and the light was on and I had to run downstairs to do whatever. If I knew I was going to be downstairs eating breakfast for 10 minutes, I would definitely turn the light okay. off. Okay. I probably would do that too. I I I'm just I I'm just thinking as as you're asking me the question as I'm walking through the house and whatnot that that I would probably do the same thing when it, when I go out of little rooms, I always turn it off immediately. I'm thinking like uh, living rooms because uh, we have a dining room kitchen area uh, and my lovely bride might be coming back in in a couple of minutes. I'll leave it on. Yeah, if nobody's yeah. in the house, uh, there's probably no lights on unless I'm in that room. So I'm probably the same as you are. Okay. As far as that. All goes, right. So. And how many how many LED lights versus old fashioned do you have? Zero in your house, LED would you say? lights. Zero. Really? So you're still I'm burning, still burning the, the good stuff. And interestingly <laughs> enough, that you should say that, uh, Home Depot, uh, I'll give them a shout out, uh, does not sell incandescent lights anymore. They do not sell any incandescent lights. So I have to go to either our local main superstore or i think target still sells 
those. But that Target's only would be my second place to go because they have Satan children clothing. <laughs> so. And so do you do, do you do that just out of protest or do you really like those lights better or I like the I, I for one thing um, the, the LEDs are are different from the what's what's the ones that are hard to throw away because they've got the yeah, the mercury, the mercury vapor yeah, yeah. Uh, what are those called uh, are they mercury vapor or just I don't know for sure they're the ones that got to warm up when you yeah. go in the rooms. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those. I won't touch those. I won't touch those. Uh, my daughter just bought a place, and this guy was a greenie weenie, and we had to change every freaking light bulb in that place. Oh, gosh. Because, because they're the ones that, that slowly warm up into the thing. I don't have time for that. You know, I'm in that no, room. I'm looking annoying. for something, and I don't want the light to slowly make it bright in there. Boom. I want it on right now. Yeah. I was watching. I didn't watch the whole thing because it got very scientific and, and I wasn't really following it. But And I didn't realize this, but the red LED and the green LED lights were invented, I think, like in the 30s or 40s. But I think it was something about the wavelength or something about the blue LED because you need green, red, and blue so you can make all the different colors. Um, and they couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out until I think it was like the seventies or the eighties. And this Japanese scientist, whatever physicist, something finally figured it out. And that's what opened the door to led TVs and computer screens and lights and everything else. Because before that, all you could have is like a red warning light, you know, flashing or a green something, but you couldn't combine them to make the full spectrum of light, which I'd never realized, but that was kind of interesting. It's interesting that it took that long to be able to do something like that. If they were working towards the three colors, you know, integrated to each other, as however they do it. I, you say uh, LED TVs, the, you know, plasma years ago and things like that. I remember g watching one of those TVs, the first time I ever saw one, and it was probably, it was probably a 12-inch screen or 14-inch yeah. screen, and the guy paid 2,200 bucks for it. Oh my god! Oh my god! It was like, it was like life-changing, you know, to, to watch something that uh, that that was so crisp and clear, and and different from what we were used to. The old tube TVs. The tubes. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty yeah. cool. Over to you, right. G-Man. Let's, you know how they have those uh, football betting squares? I know you know that. You probably have them in, mm -hmm. your, yeah. in your business. I think we should have political betting squares for people that should be getting, when they get arrested. Oh. Okay, so they're all going to be uh, dummy craps. And you're going to get a little square, and you're going to say, uh, we'll say, well, he's not political, but we'll say Hunter Biden. And he'll get arrested in July of 2024, and he will go to prison for eh, so many times. Then at the end of the year, however many that you got right or close, to, close enough to, then you, then you win money like they do with the football squares. 
and you have their picture on each square. That's what I want. You know, Pelosi and uh, and I'm pronouncing that wrong. And, and yes. Haydn and all those people, Schumer. You know. So would you would you guess? Yes. You you would or guess would it, if, you'd just be assigned if they're that. going to be convicted. And the month they're going to be convicted, and of course they're all corrupt, so it would be corruption on all of them. So I guess it would be the month, and maybe what I would do to add a little spice to it is say how many, how much time will they serve in jail, or if if they get it reduced to nothing. That would be interesting. It would be a pretty big square probably <laughs> by the time. Well, I think what you would, what I would envision it is you would, you would get the twenty biggest culprits, and uh, and okay. put them on, a, and then you would just bet, anybody could bet on those twenty, as to when they'll get nailed, and what the maybe for what they get nailed for, and how long they'll serve their sentence. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, uh, that would be, pretty cool, and you would. Uh, yeah, you. It would be an ongoing thing, I guess. Yeah, that would have to. Uh, you'd have to have like a card that everyone would fill out with the same names, and then every six months or a year, I guess you would have to get a new card for new people and or people who hadn't been convicted yet. Right. Or you'd go to so the end of could, the year, and if nobody, if you didn't get convicted, you could say on your square, "Doesn't get convicted." Oh, then, all right. And then you would you would win because. Because uh, everybody's an idiot and they, they didn't convict them. Then, w at the end of the year, what you would do is you'd put it up in the lunchroom and use it as a dartboard. And then from <laughs> 10 feet, if you, if you said, I'm going to hit Schumer, you know, uh, uh -huh. then boom, you get 10 bucks. You know, if you, if you hit <laughs> Haydn, you get 20 bucks, you know, and down, down the list to, uh, to all the pukes that are below them. Very good. Do you have many friends that that bet online like it seems like the whole world does nowadays about like literally every play on a football game, every swing of a bat, every swing of a golf club? It's unbelievable what you can bet on from what I understand. Yes, I do. My brother-in-laws do that continuously. Golf, football. I don't know if they do baseball, but certainly golf and football. So what do you bet on in golf? Who is going to win the tournament uh, by how many strokes? And I don't know. I don't know if there's anything. The, the, the strokes would be not the person itself. It would be just the strokes in the tournament. You couldn't say okay. uh, Tiger Woods will win by 14. You would say Tiger Woods would win, and then you, or he'd come in second. And then the, the winning score would be 14 under. Okay. That type of a thing. That's all I know that they bet on. Whether you can bet on each hole and, and what each person's going to do, maybe you can do that. I don't know. It, it really, as far as I'm concerned, ruins the game. I, I, don't, I don't care to hear about that stuff. or They, they don't. They don't push it on me or anything but i do know that they do that and i don't know i just think uh i hear i even hear my nephews talking to to 
you know, to, you know, oh, we got we got so and so as running back, and and he scored this many points, and I'm this close to winning this yeah. and that. It's like, oh my the god, fantasy yeah. football. Yeah. yeah, I guess it's fantasy or whatever, or, you know. Um, Especially, I guess fantasy football is one thing because you probably put in a little money at the beginning of the year, but it's mostly for fun. But gambling, like they do, I mean, if it's going to be a run or a pass, or are they going to score, or is it going to be a 15-yard penalty? That would just totally ruin the game oh, for yeah. me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Knowing that. On literally every play or every series, you could win or lose money instead of, I guess some people would get like a little dopamine hit out of that. But it, it uh, I just would not like that at all, which is why I guess I don't gamble. Right, exactly. I don't, uh, I, I, that's exactly how I'd feel about it. I'd be right on the edge of my seat. Come on, you, you got to score, not him, you know, on the same team, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh God, he scored, and I don't have a chance. There's only three minutes left, and now I lost twenty bucks. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a different it's a different world, and and that that along with the fact that that I understand that college basketball players can now make money like they couldn't before. That that's going to completely ruin college basketball. Because they're going to go to another team that's going to, it's going to be just like pros. The you know Duke will give you a hundred thousand dollars. Well, uh, you know I don't know uh, Maryland will give you hundred fifty thousand. Then you're sitting there in the off season, waiting for the highest bidder to give you the money to play. Yeah, they have that that I know in football that transfer portal or whatever it is where you used to have to sit out a year or something like that. And you couldn't go to certain teams if they were in the same conference or league or something. And now I think it's pretty much just Katie bar the door, as they say. You can, I mean, people, some players have switched probably at least twice, if not three times over a five or four, five, six year period. Exactly. I, I, when I heard that money was coming in to college sports, I just said, that's it. That's it. There's no difference now between. College, yeah. college and pro and and it, it just yeah it totally ruined it for me it was pretty sad when i heard that quick question do you think you know more people who you describe as fun like hey, oh he's a fun person or funny person as in he does or she does funny things i would say as i'm looking over my friends i would say i have one friend that does really funny things and okay. the rest of them well there's a, a little bit of an assortment you know uh of fun ones and then just normal ones i guess i would say i've got a couple of normal ones that that uh you know are just you know people that i hang out with and and discuss things and and whatnot. I got okay. one that that does all sorts of really really funny things and and talks <laughs> funny and yeah has something you know every other he's not obnoxious at all he's he's great at doing it and um, and yeah so I'd say one and would you say growing up was that about the same ratio like you knew like two or three funny people a handful or more that were fun to hang out with. And then 
would you say the bulk of people were neither of those? Or would you say there were probably funny people would be the smallest, then fun people that are fun to do stuff with would be next, and then the regular people? Or would the fun and the regular people be pretty much equal in numbers? I would say when I was growing up, it'd be the really funny yeah. people and the fun people. I didn't have too many regular. Okay. Regular yeah, I would. I, would. I grew up with. When yeah. you're young, at least when I was young, with my group of friends, which were probably about uh, between eight and ten. Yeah, that's about yeah, my same. They, uh, it was always either really funny or fun. And it's interesting. Yeah, nobody, nobody that was just like tagging along because we wouldn't let him we'd kick him out you right know? right you're not yeah. fun get out of here i want yep. to do with you yeah, it's it when you do think about growing up you think of you know oh th that joe he's a funny guy in a good way or whatever but it seems like as you get older and into the business world and everything I don't know if there's fewer of them or you just know more people and so as a percentage you know a lot less funny people. I'm just thinking of my my current and past two employers who employ, you know, in the high hundreds or or low thousands of people and how many of those percentage-wise I would consider funny people that can I guess you would say, you know, make you laugh. Um, or do things that make you laugh. And it's probably one one or 2% probably, and, and probably 15% fun people, maybe 20%, and then the rest. I mean, not, not bad people, but just people that you don't really get any extra pleasure hanging out with because they're not really that much fun to hang out with. Not that that's a bad thing, but it just kind of seems like that's sort of the ratio. 15% of people that you have dealt with that were fun is is a pretty high percentage. Yeah, is I it? think so. With you working in the corporate world, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty good. I don't know what kind of okay. Christmas parties you have, but uh, they must yeah. be pretty wild. <laughs> I don't, yeah, do you think... Do you think, I mean, you would consider yourself probably somewhere between fun and funny, right? Yeah, probably. So do you think you would inherently attract more fun yes. people because yes, of that? Absolutely. I, I, I would hope that I would do that because like I say, even to this day, if there's somebody that's, as I call a zero, that doesn't either have a personality or some humor to them, I, I, I don't. I don't deal with them anymore much. Uh -huh. You know, you used to say, I don't, I won't hang out with them. Well, I, I just won't deal with them anymore. I'm, you know, I, I don't have time for that stuff. So either got either have to, because you have to enjoy my fun and humor to, to have me want to be around you too. So uh, it, it goes both ways, I guess, when it comes to that kind of stuff. This is probably a obvious question now that I think about, but especially growing up, but even now, someone who gets your sense of humor is much more likely to be a friend and someone you want to hang out with as opposed to someone who is just like, oh man, that G-man, he, 
he thinks he's funny or people say he's funny, but I just don't get it. Yeah, that type of person, like I say, is not on my list of people to <laughs> to have conversations with. It's it. I just uh, and it's worked out pretty well for me throughout the years. I don't have too many people that I can't you know converse with and have fun with. And I don't you know I don't go out of the way to be funny, uh, but fun as far as I'm concerned is having a good conversation with somebody and enjoying it as far as that goes. It's not like I've got to, you know, juggle balls while I'm talking to you or anything. Right. But, right. But yeah. you feel like, you know, yeah, that was good when you're done, when you're done talking. So, right. So, and of your, I may have asked this before, but of your siblings, where would you rank in the, in your humble opinion, of course, in terms of, you know, the funniest to the most serious. Um, I don't think anybody in my family you could call serious. I could, okay. you could call, what, what was the other term besides fun? Normal? Normal would be my two sisters. And okay. then um, my two brothers had very good wits about them. The kind where they'd say stuff and you, and for just a second you, you'd go, what? And then you go, oh yeah, I know what you mean now. That type of a thing. And then I was completely off the wall. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> completely. So interesting. Yeah. Think, do you, did it, had you ever thought about, was that because of, in large part because of them either trying to up what they did or you just sort of took what they did and, and turned it up a notch? Or do you think it was the f people you hung out with, your other non-family friends? Probably my non-family friends because I, uh, they were very quick-witted brothers. And I, you know, I, couldn't, I couldn't go up a notch on top of what they were doing. I was just, I was probably more wild at what I did, okay. they were they were a little more subdued with their wit, but but very funny when they would say it, and uh, and I was just as a little bit over the top. You know those little <laughs> kid leashes they have when you go to Disneyland and stuff that they put yeah on yeah. Uh, if they made those back then, my mom would have had a chain link uh, <laughs> chain around my neck. Do they? I know those were a thing for a while, but are those still around? I guess I haven't been to any like big amusement parks or whatever to know, but I, I haven't seen any lately, but <laughs> that doesn't mean yeah. parents don't use them. And I'm sure right. that there's certain areas uh, of the country that they, they might dominate a little more than they would in other parts. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, in New York city, maybe you want to, you want to put yeah. your kid on a leash so that nobody steals them or her or whatever. And I, I don't know. It's sad, but I think it's your turn. Well, speaking of leashes, let's yeah. go over the 10 PETA's 10 vegan commandments. Oh, <laughs> I might need your little sound uh, <laughs> machine. <laughs> okay. Number one. Now this is blasphemy. I'm going to tell everybody off the bat because they start out most of these with thou shalt. Oh, God. Thou shalt regard all animals as individuals 
who deserve respect and compassion and aren't here for humans to exploit. That's number one. So they obviously have never read the Bible, all, all right? right. I, I put a little okay beside the one that I kind of agree to. Okay. okay. I put one on number two. Thou shalt will always come to the aid of an animal in need, which, you know, I probably would. If a animal was, you know, drowning or something, I'd, I'd go and try to save it, even though I'd probably drown myself. But I'd do something like that. Yeah. If they were on fire, I'd go find a blanket and put them out or something, you know. So where where do you come down on, obviously, not a deer crossing the road, because that's a whole different thing, but a, a possum or run a over the or a squirrel? Of, you know, just run okay. them over. You know, they're vermin. All that's right. what they are. They're just vermin. Okay. So, but All they're right. not they're not animals in need until my tire goes over them, and then they <laughs> don't need true. to have any needs but then you, anyway because they're gone. But you won't. You wouldn't either stop or regret if you saw them in your rearview mirror, flattened. I probably I I won't be a you know a hard butt about it. Um, I probably would swerve if it was okay. You know if there were no cars coming or whatever. And, and it was running out the road, I'd probably swerve, or I might slow down. I wouldn't purposely try to hit it. If I did hit it, it ran out, and it was right there at my tire. I, you know, and it was a possum or a squirrel or, you know, a raccoon. Um, no, it wouldn't, wouldn't do anything to me. Okay. Except I'd go, oh, All God, right. I hit that. Now, is it going to stink up in there in my wheel well? Are those guts going to be hanging out when I get home? Is it going to be bleeding on my driveway? Other than that, I don't care. Yeah, this. All right, All number right, three. Number three. This is another one I said, okay. Remember to have animal companions spayed or neutered and to provide them with nutritious food, clean water, medical care, and comfortable shelter. And for a second, I thought, are you talking about illegal aliens? <laughs> and not animals? Or are you talking about the same thing? Could they be the same thing? Illegal aliens and animals. Yeah. Because a lot of them are. I. Yeah, what if they, oh man, what if they did spay or neuter people as they came across the border as a condition for getting into oh, the country? Oh my Lord, can you imagine <laughs> what kind of a medical bill we'd be shooting for there? <laughs> oh, but would that cut down on the number of people? I, I believe me. If I, no matter what I was fleeing, I'd go right back to it. If they were going to be spaying or neutering yeah. me, <laughs> because, man, because, uh, you know, I, I read that and I go, "Gosh, is that really one of the Ten Commandments that you cut off their private parts so that they can't, you know, have fun with other things?" You know, but. Of course, Bob Barker famously ended The Price is Right with have your pet spayed or neutered for many years. But if everyone did that, would there be a shortage of pets? Yes. Obviously, the breeders. Would the breeders be the only ones? And, and we're going to cross uh, yeah, that bridge in just a second here on one of these All right. Okay. now that you brought that up. Number four, thou shalt not wear any garment or ornamentation made from or taken from the body of an animal. Oh, 
So yeah, that's yeah, BS. that is. I, I got a bunch of shark's teeth on my necklace, you know, and that came from yeah. an animal, you know. I hit it with my propeller on my boat that had two Lamborghini engines in it, you know, <laughs> killed it. So I took a couple of teeth out of it and made a yeah. necklace out of it. Okay, number. Well, go ahead. all right, because I mean leather, yeah, leather. right? Where else? Where else do you, you get said, leather? Oh, you can have that's plether. ridiculous. Remember plether? Oh yeah. You know, the fake oh stuff. gosh. That gives you rashes and things like that. Oh, I got a man. giant, giant right. one of those Australian sheep herder leather coats that go down to your knees. Ooh. I love it. I love yeah, it. yeah, the kind that they wore in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, and yeah. that could be that too. But but I don't. Yeah. Care. Thou shalt not kill, maim, or injure any animal for sport. In other words, no mm, hunting. That, no hunting. Yeah, that's, Daniel Boone would come unglued with that, that one right there. A lot of people would. Yeah. Plus, plus, you know, if you don't have, did you ever hear? You know, the deer population explodes. It's oh everywhere. So then they yep. have to, they have to call the herd, or we have to harvest. Yeah. What does that? I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what yeah, that means. Yeah. We gonna, huh. We're just gonna call some of this herd so that they're not everywhere. <laughs> you know, crapping all over your yard and stuff. You know, so. Right. That's, yeah, that's another, I call BS on that yep. one. All Number right. Number six, thou shalt not use animals as conveyances nor for entertainment. So everyone out there that takes 900 pictures and videos of their dogs doing all sorts of weird things, laughing about it and putting it on Facebook, you just broke a commandment. You can't use them for entertainment. All right. And then conveyance as in you can't take horseback rides? I guess. Is that what I, it means? Yeah. You can't convey yourself from point A to point B? I, that's what I take oh my it gosh. as. Yeah. Yeah. I, that well, means I have to get rid of my these, elephant. <laughs> yeah. Are, uh, you never know how far through people think these. I mean, if people didn't keep horses and go on horseback rides and show horses and do exhibitions... Do they think there'd just be a bunch of wild horses out in the the West or roaming around town or something? There wouldn't be any because that's why that's why people breed horses and everything else. It's it's so re gosh, that's <laughs> exactly a world without it's animals. Basically, it's I mean the same thing with cows and chickens. It's not like there would be a bunch of them just roaming around. There wouldn't be any anymore. That's right. I'd hit them with my car, especially the chickens. Sorry, Farmer okay. John, I didn't mean to do that. Number seven, <laughs> thou shalt, this, this one I read, this one, this person I think should be committed to an institution. Thou shalt not steal or consume milk from an animal as the mother's milk is meant to nourish her babies. Now, that <sighs> guy that came up with that idea is part, far, part of one of the, Ten vegan commandments should be committed, as far as I'm concerned, to even be able to come up with that stuff. If you and I were coming up with a movie that was like, uh, you know, something like Dumb and Dumber, that's what we uh -huh. would come up with. Some statement yeah. like that for the movie, for people to just absolutely fall out of their chairs laughing about. Mother's milk. That's, gosh. Now. 
this is oh, one that I, right. I said okay on. It says, thou shalt not okay. support or conduct any experiment that inflicts pain or fear, that part's kind of weird, on an animal, nor participate in animal dissection. Half of that's good, half of it's bad. Because, in fact, people, we have learned a lot about human medicine through animal dissection. Yep. And rats, of and, course. Rats are classic. Uh, right. Right. Monkeys, unfortunately. There's, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not for uh, conducting experiments to, you know, make Frankenstein, you know, out of uh, Ben the Rat. But, um, or, of course, the Michael Vicks of the world yes. who do the dog fighting. Right. That's not no, a good No, that thing. is not good at all. That is not good. Okay. Thou shalt not buy. I wonder, do you, do you, go ahead. Have you ever wondered if in Australia they have kangaroo boxing where they put <laughs> gloves on kangaroos and just let them go at it? <laughs> I think that's helping the animals because if you didn't, if they didn't have the boxing gloves, they'd be using their bare, their bare uh, yeah. paws. And, and apparently they can inflict a lot of uh, damage on each other with those things. So um, I've okay. never seen a kangaroo with four boxing gloves on because they can punch <laughs> yeah. with, their, with their feet too. Right, yeah. right. So um, here comes the one that you were talking about earlier. Thou shalt not okay. buy an animal from a pet shop or breeder Leave any companion animal in a hot car outside, unattended, nor chain any animal. Oh, I, I mean, obviously, you don't want to leave them in a hot nope, car. But. Nope, you don't want to do that. But if you, with a dog or cat, what are you going to do if you, if you can't get it from a pet shop or a breeder? You're going to go to a farm and steal one? Are there feral cats? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you get your pet spayed or neutered and you can't buy from a breeder or a pet store. What does that leave? That's what, exactly. Exactly. <sighs> it leaves nothing. That's what I want to ask these people. I go, if you can't get it from them, where do you get them? Anyway, morons. Uh, and then I, I guess you don't really see many people chain their dogs like to a post. I know we we probably did back in the day. And I mean... What they're saying is you have to build a fence or have one of those invisible fences or something as opposed to have a stake out there and have a chain or whatever, which, I mean, I think it's like anything else. Once they try to run and they get, you know, the choke chain or whatever, because that's basically what you do when you take them for a walk, they learn pretty quick. It's not like they're going to do it over and over and over again. Right. And you, if you're walking your dog... You want to make sure it's on a leash so it doesn't tear off after another dog who a three-year-old is out in the front yard with. Yeah, a pit bull or something. Yeah, a pit bull, any of that kind of stuff. It, you know, I could say to these morons, uh, are you saying use an electric fence? Because when that dog or cat or whatever hits that fence, that's going to that's gonna give them a jolt, at least easily as harmful as a you know, just a leash would. Yeah. yeah. When we lived in Wisconsin for a couple of years back in the day, we had neighbors that grew, not grew, but, but had raised, I think dairy cattle. 
I'm pretty sure they were deer cattle and they had electric fences. And I was down there with who at the time were probably eight and a five-year-old and the five-year-old touched the electric fence. And <laughs> you can imagine. We'll have to have him on. He's been on before. We'll have him on again sometime. <laughs> See if he recalls the sensation. I guess you can turn him up or down. Depends on yeah. depends on how high it was. But, uh, oh, man. Yeah. All right. And number 10. Number 10. Thou shalt not consume an animal's flesh skin oh. or eggs nor anything else that belongs to the animal what else would belong to the animal besides <laughs> eggs that we would eat or their flesh i don't know what wow. that would be i guess strictly speaking does flesh include organs i mean obviously your muscle cuz that's what the meat is as opposed to you know a chicken skin which is you know you would eat maybe but they certainly mean the whole animal, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how many days in your life have you gone without breaking that commandment? Zero. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, eggs I'm, for breakfast. Ma- yeah. You know, or something. Hamburgers for lunch. Whatever. I've I don't, I've never gone a day that I can think of in my life without eating an animal of some kind. Really? Gosh, I'd have to think about that. I'm sure there. There's probably one, uh, like if I'm just thinking out loud, if I had like cereal for breakfast and uh, a sandwich for lunch, like peanut butter and jelly, and then like spaghetti without meat sauce maybe, or I never really eat a cheese pizza. Huh, yeah, that would be uh, maybe maybe once a year by accident. Yeah, without knowing it, which may have been, you know, uh, what happened with me. I, I may have I, I've never I never recall not eating some kind of form of meat at least once in the day or eggs. I, I I don't usually eat breakfast ever, hardly, but when I do I have eggs. So and if I don't eat breakfast, I certainly eat lunch and it's always uh, a chicken sandwich or a hamburger or something where you know I consumed an animal. Do you feel sorry for them, or do you just not feel sorry for them? Oh, every time I eat a hamburger, I cry. <laughs> that that cow didn't have to die for me, but he did, or she did. I don't know. I guess it could be a girl too. Yes, every time I shed a tear. Wow, this is a fast-paced yeah. hour. I have one thing, a very short thing, an incident that happened, and I just wanted to cross it off my list. I was coming out of Kroger. It's probably been a month ago now. And I had like a couple bags of groceries and then I had a gallon of milk in the plastic jug just looped around my finger. And I, I, I don't know if I was putting the cart away or I did something and I dropped the milk and it cracked and spilled all over the floor. And the guy came out and he saw me crying. <laughs> and he, he said, Crying over spilled milk. I got it immediately. <laughs> Bingo. <Okay>. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then, and then he, which he, he didn't say, but then he says, would you like another one? And I'm like, no, I'll just lap this up off the floor. <laughs> I mean, what, what a question. Oh, He probably said, would you like another one? There's the line right over there. Go pay for it. <laughs> yeah. uh, did he give you one? Yeah, he did. He went back in and got me a, a gallon of milk. So that was nice. Oh, 
Very good. All right. Well, wow, this was uh, another outstanding episode. And we do have, uh, I guess what we can tell people, we're, we're doing this one as a uh, safety because we do have another one in the can, as they say, but it's going to take a little bit of TLC to get it in shape. And then after it does, we'll, I'm sure, hear from a lot of you and the G-Man and probably myself will have some commentary on it. But in the meantime, thanks for tuning in and helping us grow and grow every week on The Right Angle. That was easy. <laughs>